now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Ball Politics Podcast. I'm your host, co-host Stephen Hopkins, and I'm here with my co-host, Ross, Ross Ajamian. How are you, everybody? Um, it's been a week since our last episode where we talked about uh, predictions for the year. A lot of stuff has happened since we had that episode, and it's going to go along with what we're going to do in part two tonight. Ooh, but is this, the, is this the part two predictions episode? Well, we can mold the part two plus the breaking news all together. Oh, news and predictions? It's yeah. like my birthday. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, so more importantly, the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, thank God. Um, against your Eagles. Against the, the Eagles. Don't say my Eagles. That's disgusting. You live in Philly. You live in Philly. I am not one of them. I am not one of them. Um, so racist. it's racist. We have, we have blacks in New England, right? It's just racist. There's man. like three of them, but, um, anyway, um, so, <laughs> so let's, let's mold, you know, today's episode is going to talk about, you know, next round of predictions, but it all dovetails with what's been breaking since, since Steve and I talked last week, um, and taped our last show, we were talking about the economic predictions and where we're going with DACA and everything. Well, today was a huge a new currency, right? Crypto folding, um, a lot of different things on the economy. Tonight's show is going to talk about more of the deep state takedown um, that we're going to see in 2018. And the next day after we taped last week, all this news about the memo broke. Uh, and do you want to walk up? QAnon, the guy that you've been uh, referencing a few times in some past episodes. Correct. So this guy that's been posting, this NSA guy that's been posting with a bunch of other people. It's a group of like less than five people that, that post these things. Um, very much patriots. They're right. They're like the uh, the great patriots of, of yesteryear, but in today's day in the spy agencies, deep buried inside somewhere. Right. So in other words, back then a patriot was Paul Revere, John Adams, uh, duh, blah, 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 Sam Adams, um, yeah, Dick Yingling. No, that's, that's not it. That's not it. Um, <laughs> But, but but nowadays patriots are those in the intel community that have the power to do good or evil and choose to do good by giving the president a heads up that oh by the way you're being spied on as Admiral Mike Rogers head of the NSA did um, oh by the way there's pedophilia rampant in deep state says Michael Flynn oh by the way I don't want you starting a war in Syria it's going to lead to World War Three Mr Obama says Mike Flynn. Um, all this together, so there are they're called they're called white hats. White hats are people high up in the intelligence oh, wait, white community. White hats are that is that different than the pink pussy hats that did the march this past Saturday and Sunday? Big difference. Oh, okay. Sorry. Big big difference. Physically, uh, emotionally, physiologically, biologically. Anyways, get back to your point. Yeah. So uh, the white hats um, are. People in intelligence communities, the letter agencies that are being are using the, their power for good. So the NSA. Are those UN people? That, no, those are white helmets. Oh, white helmets. White helmets are the ones that are like the peacekeepers that show up at like terrorist attacks and start rearranging the bodies and creating a narrative of, oh, here's what's happening. We must do this. Oh, Wait, uh, isn't that the guy that pl Rick Moranis plays in Spaceballs? No, that's Dark Helmet. You're thinking, oh, okay. you're thinking Dark Helmet. <laughs> Did you toke up before this show? 
doing it right now. Of course you are, you jerk. Um, well, I'm high on Jesus and trail mix right now. So, anyways, Jesus and trail mix. <laughs> what a mixture! I like this oh, version fantastic. of you. You should do this more often. Um, so, anyway, wait, wait, did you buy the? So wait, did you buy the trail mix from from the church? No, I got it from Walmart. Oh God, that's so creepy! Could you imagine what the binding agent is in the church? <laughs> You're out of control. <laughs> You're out of control. However, can I say that? <laughs> How <laughs> you got some good chronic tonight? Um, uh, the although the, there's <laughs> never. I can't say this about the Walmart near us. I can't say it. I can't say it. Um, oh, you can say it. No, now you have to. We're to, uh, like anytime I go to get like Philadelphia pretzel, my wife's like, don't. Well, you you, you would go get the what? Like the pretzels, the the big the big soft chewy pretzels. Okay, is that like something specific? Does like does Philadelphia have their own version? Yeah, it's like it's a chain like a down. Pretzel. It's a chain down here called Philadelphia Pretzel. Um, and one guy, she saw at the Walmart that has like a pretzel factory there. Um, the guy like had like an open cut and was like wiping all over his face and was bleeding, and then was like touching what? touching the pretzels. And my wife's like, "Don't you ever ever go there ever ever ever." So I'm like, "Fine, I'll get my trail mix there." You're not. What do you guys do about it? So yeah, I don't like AIDS in my pretzels. So that's, that's horrible. Yeah. So that anyway. It's so a horrible story. It's a horrible story. <laughs> uh, picture a bloody a bloody pretzel that's soft and chewy, but you're like, is that sriracha on it? No, it's blood. It's blood it from like, the. Sounds like something that would happen in San Francisco. I excuse me. Which, by the way, is that going to make our? Are we going to talk about California and the downfall of that in our storylines? No, they're they're not even worth. They're going to break off from an earthquake and sink into the ocean. So, they're not even worth our time tonight. Um, but let's get back to the let's focus here. Focus here. I'm doing a better job focusing, and I'm watching Monday Night Raw 25th anniversary, and I still have better focus than you. Um, well, I'm stunned. So that's I know. Much. I know. So, um, okay. Bring okay. It back, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Um, so the White Hats, led by Mike Rogers, the retiring admiral who's the head of the NSA, told Trump back in the transition period, you are being wiretapped by the Obama administration. That's all I can say at this time. Trump ended up moving everything to Bedminster, New Jersey, his golf club over there, for the transition. Uh, that opened up a floodgate of all the chaos we're seeing now. Well, a day after we taped, it was released by... Uh, head of the House Intel Committee, uh, Devin Nunez, that there's a memorandum, a four-page memo that he compiled based on all the data he's seen of the FISA warrant uh, that was obtained based on this phony dossier. And Russian dossier that everybody's been alluding to. Correct, correct. And, you know, Steve, you and I have been talking about it since August, July. The one that was put together by Fusion GPS. Correct. The one that was put together from Fusion GPS with a British intelligence agent uh, Christopher Steele, former uh, MI6. Former MI6. Uh, yes, correct. So British intelligence, British intelligence at the national level was sharing with Obama. Obama signed something before he left office uh, that allowed all of the agencies to share data with each other, which previously was siloed. Um, and I thought we broke that down after 9-11. That was one of the things uh, that benefits out of 9-11 
was that the agencies were sharing more info together. So they, what is that? The they could share there? more info, but I think what Obama signed was something that allowed lower levels, instead of senior leadership, um, to get access to things. So now middle management is able to get certain things that were you know, top secret or slightly below classified. Um, you know, so it broadened the horizon for people to get a hold of the information. And what happened two weeks later, we started seeing leaks uh, and it became a problem for Trump. Everything was leaking. Uh, so here we are. And now we're to the point where there's this FISA warrant was obtained under false pretenses. And here we are a year later, the whole Russian collusion narrative was made up. It's 100% fake, and it was all made up um, to help delegitimize Trump as a president. Um, and now this four-page memo shows corruption at the highest levels of FBI and DOJ. Um, and it's going to show all sorts of just collusion among the Clinton-Obama teams to just either prevent Trump as an insurance policy from getting into the White House, and then blaming everything on uh, Russians. And we're all, like a Russian, yeah, well, it sounds like a Russian cabal, like something that you'd hear about that like the corrupt Russian government would be doing, wouldn't it? Like something that Putin would be leading a charge in his government to silence the opposition. Correct. And that, that, that's exactly something you would see from Russia. But as we know, the Democrats like to project their own crimes on the, the Republicans. And I don't, you know, again, we don't like the Republicans, but... Um, you know, the Democrats are the ones caught with their pants down. They lost with Hillary. They don't want to admit that they lost because of Hillary being a horrible candidate, so they want to blame it on something. And it really just fell apart from there. And now their lies falling apart. And now you see a big push to get all this stuff released. Um, and Adam Schiff, Schiff, Schiff had himself, uh, is now saying, well, no, we can't declassify that. The American people won't understand it. Um, you Let me know. pause you. So, so Ben Shapiro, conservative uh, talk show, radio, podcast guy, people know him, maybe not, check him out if you don't. He interviewed tonight at about 6.30 Eastern time, Jim Jordan, um, senator from Ohio? Yes. He's, I know he's a, he's a congressman. Yeah, a congressman from Ohio on the House Intelligence Committee. He's one of the people who has access to that memo you just referenced. And he gave, you know, that testimony that he's also given to other outlets that says, right, what you're saying, like, the American people need to know this. This is shocking. Everybody's going to be rattled. Right. Right. And they're using very powerful language. The reason why I'm bringing that up is the question, I think Ben Shapiro didn't really ask it this way, but it was kind of more my question directly is that this is so bad, and you know, and, and you know, listen, Ross, you and I have been talking about this for since uh, 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 Trump was elected. Yeah. Right, so this is going on over a year. If this is so bad, why does it take so long to to get to the bottom of it? Because the way things work, and the way the understanding is with Jeff Sessions, and, and our prediction came well, at least mine uh, on Sessions came true, and that we knew Sessions was working. Uh, for 17, not 17, on 22 different cases for the last year. And that whole staged fight to make it look like him and Trump were fighting um, in order to prevent the Democrats from going after him, letting him focus, letting him be under the radar, Trump tweeting every other week saying, where the hell is Sessions, where the hell is Sessions? 
He knows where Sessions is, right? He's doing everything behind the scenes. And each week of 2018, we've seen a new case that Sessions was working on roll out. The Hezbollah thing with Obama and drug running. Um, we see the DNC hack thing being reviewed again. The Hillary emails being opened up again. Uh, collusion with the DFBI and the DOJ to help Hillary win. Uh, the Awan case is still being investigated, the IT hacking. So, so all this stuff. Just, all right, so are you saying this and describing this, because I'm at least interpreting it this way, that you think that Sessions is on is in Team America camp and he's on, on Team Trump? Yeah, I'm 95% sure. 95, 95% sure. Not, because, you know, now let's go back to, you know, uh, you know, part of uh, QAnon, right? We've referenced this, and we were going to talk about him a little more, and you've, you've been talking about him uh, the last couple podcasts. In one of the kind of the, the last big dump that he did recently, which really ran down a lot of the points, which I, that's what I was trying to tag you in, by the way, that they wouldn't let me tag you in, is it really did a great job of breaking down all of the very specific things that they're saying. But one of the things that he says, which I think is interesting, is we're going to find out what Sessions is made out of. Yep. Right? Because one of the things that they say that this memo is going to do is it's going to blow the top off of how corrupt this small cabal of people are across the DOJ, FBI, um, right, uh, you know, in a, in a few other agencies. and. Yep. And it's going to give Sessions the ability to – remember, he recused himself, right, at the very beginning. Correct. Well, now that we know that this is going to be, or according to the memo, this is the, – the whole Russia investigation is predicated off something that is completely false. So at the end of the day, that's going to stop, right? And so now Sessions is going to put himself and be able to put himself back in, in charge of the Russia investigation. So now he can go after those people, disband it. And, you know, now be the, the head, the HNIC, yep. right? And, 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 and start swinging the hammer, uh, the hammer of justice, right? The law and order. Like, this is what we want and need back in this country is law and order. Right. And, and, and we've said it before. Sessions was always, his dream was always to become an attorney general. Uh, and he got well, his... So my point being, or his point being, QAnon, and the, at least what he's putting there, he made it sound like that he's not sure. Well, his, he's repeatedly said, trust Jeff Sessions. Um, he has. Okay, so he, he... Okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, so he's saying, he's saying, trust Jeff Sessions. Sessions was notorious for being... for taking longer than he needed to because he had to create an airtight case. And I don't know squat about how the law... I mean, how, you know, legal cases, all that. I'm not going to pretend I do. But I will say, from those that, that worked with him in Alabama... Those that were constituents in him in in Alabama, uh, they said he's just like a nice-hearted gentleman, um, and he builds a case that is airtight before he moves forward with it. So it takes frustratingly long amounts of time to do it, but he eventually gets the case out and he sees justice through. That's exactly what's happening here, and uh, I think what we're going to see is, and here's so here this goes with my prediction. I think Moeller. By all this stuff coming out about the FBI and the DOJ and all the people that are on his crew exchanging texts uh, through this OIG report, Mueller is going to resign and disband his investigation. He's going to say, 
I thought I was working with a fair team, even though 95% of them were Hillary supporters um, and Hillary donors. Uh, he's going to say, I thought I, they were leveling with me and they were straight shooting. Um, but apparently that's not the case. I cannot in good conscience continue doing this. So therefore, I found nothing. Everything that was found was a process crime. I can't find anything on Trump. Therefore, I'd like to wrap this case up early and resign because I'm so disgusted at the, at the corruption going on. And that will mean he will step down. This special investigation will end. A new one will be launched after the OIG report. Special investigator, the recently retiring or resigning from the House Ethics Committee, Trey Gowdy, will be the special prosecutor for the next round, which is going to be against the FBI and the DOJ. Wow. So that's my first prediction. House. My first prediction is that... Okay, so there's prediction There's prediction one of our, of our prediction, uh, <laughs> round two of prediction show. Yep. Um, and I've heard through the grapevine, Jack Posobiec was reporting this, that they're already interviewing people for a special counsel. Um, so it's not only is it rumored, it's like they're moving on it. Um, and that can only be triggered by findings of Jeff Sessions. So it all, it all leads me to believe Sessions is on the case, like I've always thought. Um, you know, you can't, like, it's too obvious that, like, when he'll go after civil asset forfeiture and pot, it, when he could be going after so much other stuff, he knows the perception's going to be, dude, what the hell are you doing? And it's very obvious to me now that he's playing possum. Uh, or else you wouldn't see these other like dopey cases like the pot stuff, the civil asset forfeiture uh, going public. So that's my prediction. Sessions will actually be reinstated, unrecused, and then special counsel Trey Gowdy will be conducting things once Moeller resigns and disbands probably in the spring. Oh, man. Interesting. Because what broke right before we started taping, Steve, was that, yeah, so for those that are living under a rock and were just in football mode yesterday, it broke that from December through May, the day before Mueller was listed or, or officially announced as a special prosecutor, the Peter Strozak, Lisa Page text went missing from December 2017 through May 16th. 2017. I'm sorry, May, uh, December 2016 through May 2017. The day before, conveniently. Um, so, what does that mean? It means, well, A, that's bullshit. They exist. The FBI just doesn't want to find them. The NSA knows where they are. The NSA will drop them probably in the next couple weeks. Um, but it was found out in some of the texts that were released today, they start referencing in these texts a secret society among FBI and DOJ. If you can believe it. A secret society. Like Skull and Bones? Like uh, I, well, Bush we said. haven't seen the context behind it. I don't want to jump to conclusions. Um, but I, I believe it means I believe it means a secret society of just like inner circle FBI, DOJ, seventh floor of the State Department, which I just read is no longer there. Seventh floor was the most was the diabolical wing of the State Department that all the neocons hung out. Um, they're all gone now. That's been cleared out by Tillerson. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, that, that, that broke today. The text will be made more, more public tomorrow. You're going to start to see the 1.2 million documents drop from the OIG, the Office of Inspector General. Michael Horowitz, uh, who's working to furnish stuff to the committee, the House Committee, the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, and that stuff's starting to break. So I read this to mean they're coordinating a strike where they release the OIG report, where session starts to warm up in the bullpen, uh, where you have this memo released. Um, I think my next prediction is going to be that Trump will be able to reference the memo. We will have it before the State of the Union uh, next Tuesday. Do you think he'll read it on the State of the Union? That would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable. I don't think he'll read it. It'll it'll break though, so it'll dominate because he wants to have he wants to have the whole world focused on it, right? It's so earth shattering and disgusting and like whatever that the world can't ignore it. That every agency in, in Congress and government in D.C. can't ignore it. Uh, the only problem is I've read into it that. Yeah, they're making a big push right now. The intel committees are pushing it to get it released. If Trump were to just declassify it, which he can, it would make it look like he's trying to influence the investigation. So he has to kind of back off a little bit, let nature take its course, let this legally be released to the public, declassified. Um, and I think it will. I guarantee it'll be declassified. Guaranteed. Um, the question is, they have 19 business days once the clock starts ticking for the Senate Intelligence Committee and the House Intelligence Committee to give it to the president, 19 working days, and then the president has five days to choose whether he wants to disclose it or not. Trump, you know, will release it. Uh, but that's 24 working days. So unless something big happens this week, um, it could drag on. I think I still think they're going to do something to expedite it. Um and then that'll get released, and I think Trump will be able to reference it. And, and you know what we saw today was DACA. Not to jump around, but the the uh, the government shutdown ended after forty eight hours, and that was seen as a huge loss for the Democrats, right? Because normally the Republicans, what forced me out of the party was during the fiscal cliff, where the Republicans just ate a turd sandwich. They didn't. They just caved on everything. And I'm like, I'm not going to be. Able What's your take on DACA? You know, of all the issues, I'm kind of like, eh, give me a case. I mean, they're not, doesn't mean they're necessarily bad, but they're lawbreakers, they're rule breakers. And I'm concerned that they're going to go to states that will then, they will then have three to five kids that will then vote Democrat the rest of their life. And you'll turn red states blue, purple states blue, and it's all over for the Republicans. But I'm also kind of a law and order guy, and if you fundamentally broke the law, I don't care about your backstory. I don't care about your sob story. You broke the law. Time to leave. Time to go back to the you know back of the line. I know it's you've probably got a heartstring tugging emotional story, but I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Uh, get out, and maybe we'll give you first preference coming back in if you have good behavior. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry if the Democrats promised you a bill of goods that circumvented the Constitution and the law. But you can go fuck yourself. I, again, I'm sure you're nice people. Uh, I'm not saying they're, they're, you know, the majority are probably peace-loving, nice people. They're working, whatever. 
But I, I'm tired of footing the bill. I'm tired of people breaking the law. You know, I I still have to pay my toll bills. And if I don't, that, that bill becomes higher than any penalty that the DACA people are, are not facing. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to fucking hear it. So there's my take on DACA. How about you? I, uh, I say send them home. It's just very simple. So I'm actually the good cop here. Yeah, well, I don't think I'm the bad cop. I, I look at it just like the thing you said. It's just very simple. Law and order. Listen, at the end of the day, I don't know how much we've actually spent time on this, but this is a very hot topic amongst all mainstream media, uh, uh, culture, uh, the millennials, and, and how spoiled they are and how entitled they are and you know how they've essentially like you know have safe spaces. So, okay, if what you're telling me is a whole generation of people that we can all agree across the spectrum already is all of those things. And you're going to give 800,000 of them who don't even deserve to be in this country, you're just going to give them a pass. Like, well, what the fuck is that? Mm. Like, what an opportunity to teach people responsibility in the first way to do it. Like, is this these 800,000 people, you know what? Your parents made a mistake. And you're not legal, so therefore you're going to go home. And if you want to start your ass off on trying how to get back here once you get home and figure it out, here you go. Yep. Here's a legal path to citizenship. Fucking try just like everyone else is. Yep. I don't know what's – I think it could be, again, the greatest example not only for those people and personal responsibility, but it's going to be the greatest example set for this generation and probably the, you know, the best thing that they've ever had for them. For them, meaning uh, for, for people that are learning law and order. Well, everyone in the country, but just their generation. Again, yeah. like – I think that everyone could agree across the spectrum. Again, like all of those things that I just read or said about that generation, we could all agree, yep, that's true. Or yes, they have that stereotype attached to them right now. Yep. And again, I don't know if there could be a better tool and learning tool than this DACA crowd that happens to be a large majority of, of that's who falls into that 800,000 people are these dreamers, right? They're yep. younger. They're of this generation. Yep. Yep, time for personal responsibility, everybody. Yep. So you're saying, so again, that's why I lean towards saying just... And Ross, you know what? It's like, what does that sound like? Because you're an adult, right? You have, well, you may not be an adult. You're kind of a kid with some things, but like you have kids. Yep. And what do you have to do, right? Your dad. You're not a friend, like, and your kids go, oh, dad, that's not fair. And ah, what do you say? I say in... Uh, Daddy language, um, go fuck yourself. Rules are rules. That's right. You violated it. You must. You must be humbled. And that's what a good parent does: is they teach boundaries and 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 they teach their kids like personal responsibility. So you know what? If, if Donald Trump has to be the adult in the room, and it's a painful thing to look and tell these people, "I'm sorry," you have to go home. Yep. Then. You know what? That's what I signed him up for. So go, go be that guy, Donald. And he'll that's, do it. That's the right thing to do for this country. And and know what it also does? It makes it look they will then turn on the Democrats because then they'll say to the Democrats, "Hey guys, you said you were going to help us." Oh, it would be the greatest move if he just went into a total about face and said, "You know what? They're all going home." Yeah, hundred percent. Because then now they, the, the, what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to look to see. 
you know, well, you guys have my back. And then the Democrats are going to say, no, well, sorry, we got we to take care of our own first. And then they're going to say, but no, but no. Well, that's the way it works. That's the way accountability works. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on DACA. No, it's not the, uh, I, I, you know, if you listen to some of these polls that they've been throwing out there, I fall in that 30 percentile that says, yeah, send them all. Yep. Yep. I'd be fine you know, with that. The, the, other, the other part of that, too, and my other argument, you know, besides that, that very that very specific one is, like, I really believe, like, these people who are already entitled and, like, a lot of them flaunt the fact that they're illegal and they're doing all these things, like going to college and, you know, just socially mobilizing around our, our country and around our society and culture while absolutely refusing to, like, adhere to any of our principles. Yep. You know, so, okay, you're telling me that you want to give those people something when they don't deserve anything, and you're expecting that immediately once you grant them citizenship, just like they are on the same level as you and I, they're not going to form a base and immediately start trying to bring in their relatives? Right. Like, let's not be foolish. Right. That's what I would do. Fuck it. Are you kidding me? Right. That's exactly what I would do. Idiots. You guys let me in with a, a power base of 800,000. Yep. And you're trying to tell me that uh, this bonehead says no chain migration. Yeah, okay. I'll wait a whole three years until we vote him out of office and then we'll change that. Right. Right. Like, come on. Let's not be foolish, people. Right. I see where you're Jesus coming from. Jesus Christ. Especially parents out there. Like, parents can't be fooled by this, especially. I know. I know. the adults and the parents. So, so, let's, so let's, let's make a prediction out of this. Um, so what happened well, was... My prediction, and it's more of like wishful thinking, because I actually think that he's not strong enough to do this, and maybe people are going to be shocked because that's like a knock on Trump that I'm absolutely willing to take, is I think he's going to allow him in, and I'm going to be super disappointed. Okay. So here, here's... <laughs> I, I'm technically going to agree with you. Um, what, but it's going to be like this. My prediction is this Trump will, so that what they did was they did a continuing resolution to fund government until February 8th. That's how Congress works. Everything is just like a kick the can. No, well, that's just kind of the, the deal of today was end the shutdown. Give us more time to talk DACA for three weeks. So by the way, the, uh, the, the shutdown's over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it's all over now. It could come back February 8th, but what they're going to do is, I think, the final analysis is going to be the deal, if this were like an ESPN trade, I think I said this last episode, it will be DACA, um, will be kind of, uh, what's the word, amnesty for the DACA people, in exchange for full wall funding, you can't block the funding of the wall, um, there's going to be an end to chain migration. There's going to be an end to the lottery system. And then it's going to go to a, uh, merit based instead of a geography based. And it'll be like, take it or leave it. There's your deal. Like you're going to build why me. Can't my... we do that? Why can't we do all those things anyways? Like, why do we have to get DACA? Well, because I don't know. Cause they won't, they won't agree to fund any of it. Great. Then shut it all down. Well, that's, that's what got us in that situation. So, I think that's that's what Trump's going to do, and then someone brought up a good point though. Eight hundred thousand um, people, right, across the whole country. Not one chunk of that is enough to shift a state. I don't think, right? I could be mistaken. Like Florida would be a big DACA state. 
do you think if say seventy five thousand of that eight hundred thousand would they be grateful to Trump that granted them amnesty, or would they be ungrateful? Hell no! All think of it, these people have all of these kids have been absolutely indoctrinated in the in the liberal school systems. Yep. So you think so? You think they they'd vote Democrat, and their kids would vote Democrat. So if two uh, a DACA couple get together, they have three or four kids. Those four kids then grow up to be Democrats. Florida then Ross, I honestly think that a majority of those kids are either Bernie bros or they're going to be freaking Antifa members. Okay. Okay. So that could be something that really blows up. So in other words, there's we're talking about Chuck Schumer's unconditional surrender today. But that's just for three weeks. And we could revisit this a month from now. And Trump could very well just completely cave on this and allow these people amnesty. Ronald Reagan tried this in 1986. It didn't work. It never ends up working. They never end up voting Democrat, uh, Republican. It's just a disaster. So, so okay, so your prediction is, our both actually, we're both aligned. We think Trump's going to give amnesty. Yes. In exchange for his wall. Which is stupid because I think he should just take it anyways. Yeah. Okay. That's why we have a negotiator in there. Like, well, think about like if you if you, like think of this if you accept all those people, how much money are you authorizing to do that? Um, I'm not sure that there there was think of that like think, and, and if you're authorizing, you're authorizing all of the money that they're going to take and all the services. Like you're doing it for the next at least the next three years. Mm-hmm. So how about sending them home? See you later. Buy them all plane tickets, and then you take the rest of that money that you'd be projecting out. You're a finance guy over the next three years, and you fund your wall with it. Yep. Or they would. There's how you find the money right there. They try to do some type of left pocket, right pocket over time. I mean, the number is about twenty-five billion is what they need to fund the wall. I don't care who funds it. I don't care if it's Mexico. I don't care if it's DACA offsets. I don't care what it is. Um, but just build the friggin' wall. And I don't mean like build a fence. I mean, build a wall, get the prototypes, which they're going to choose a prototype in the next month or so. Um, and Trump is not going to get reelected unless that wall is starting to be built. I was reading that they just tested this prototype in San Diego and the United States special forces teams couldn't get over it. So really, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay. So I think we're, I think we've talked about that one. That's one where Trump could be exposed. Um, what about... Uh, and I want to say this before we get off DACA. If I, if I, you know, in the, in the case that he actually has the balls to send them home, I think he could go down as already like a top 10 president just on that one decision alone because talk about like a really really hard hard decision that no one wants to make right yeah but probably knows deep down that it's going to be the best decision especially for the longevity of this country and for like ramifications for so many reasons like what we just talked about and like you know those are some of the the best decisions are the hardest ones that have to be made right that's true and and yeah, so that, like that would be that would be a huge. Is that if he does, like, I'm going to be super impressed, and it's just going to cement for me, like, you know, just what a great president that he that he really is. Yep. It will, because it's a ballsy move, and it takes care of a problem we've been trying to fix for a while, right? 
Because every time, I mean, the Republicans have been firm as far as we need people out. Uh, the Democrats have been firm about, no, we got to keep them in. They've been here. They're already embedded. Let's just make it official. The Republicans will say, okay, but we need security so that we can prevent this going forward. The Democrats will say, we'll give you, we'll give you the lowest level. We'll just throw more people. They'll do the typical government way to do it. Throw more people on the border. You know, not fix the wall. Just throw more people on the border. You know, because why, why work, uh, you know, works, it's work smarter, not harder. But they're working harder, not smarter. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that's how it's going to go. Uh, typically, the Republicans want to close the borders first, then talk about amnesty. The left wants to keep the borders open and then give amnesty anyway. Previous administrations would cave. They've lost. Trump is going to hardline it, and I think it's going to be a fantastic thing uh, if he can, you know, deport these people. So um, that's kind of the big DACA question. Um, we talked about economy. We talked about North Korea. Um, tonight we're we really talking about economy. I also want to make a prediction about the economy that I think that they're going to pull the plug within the next six months. Okay. I think the crash happens and you start seeing the panic that, and I'm first on going on record now, where are we? We're, let's say, starting February 1st and give me six months from February 1st. Yep. And I think that, so that'll bring you February, March, April, May, June, July. Yep. I think that'll squarely fall, bring us right in the middle of the summer. And I think it'll be the best time for them to, to pull the pull the pen. Really? Yeah, I think we're already seeing it, right? Like, you know, people are so stretched thin. Like, and you've, I've been very vocal about this. Like, I hate that Donald Trump attaches himself, and he always does, to the fucking stock market. Because yeah. you and I both know that all of that money and all of those gains, that's all the trillions of dollars that were printed out of thin air. It's mm -hmm. fake. It's yep. bullshit. It's nothing. Yep. Right? It's not real. And, you know, people are literally like taking their retirement money and all of this money and they're, you know, this is like, it brings into the second thing like Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin is the greatest scam to ever hit the, the planet. It's going to be Bernie made off times 10 because it's on an international scale. You know, right now there are Americans losing money and they can, and they still will. And it'll be even a bigger transfer of wealth. And at the same time, there are, you know, you know, web developers in India and Thailand who are, you know, typically living on a dollar a day that are taking thousands of dollars out of Americans' pockets through Bitcoin in that transfer of wealth. Yep. You know, and like that's fascinating. And then, you know, in this crash, like I think it's going to come fast and I think it's going to come sudden and I think it'll come this summer. Um, you know, again, people living paychecks to paychecks right now. The stock market is all a quantitative easing money that's propping it up and all the rallies like that's not really transitioning to Main Street. And, you know, what we've also seen, Ross, and you see this is that the interest rates, the, the Fed keeps bumping them up like slowly but surely. Yep. Right. But, you know, that it's it's it, like I see it as like the ticking, like the ticking clock. And we're almost right, like right there, because like that next one could just start sending like your normal average American like over the edge where 
now with like the, the debt that they currently have, because that's a big problem is that we all have so much debt. Well, now the, the interest rates have just been raised just too high for him to make his payments. Mm-hmm. And then that's exactly what happened right before in 2006, 2007, are the defaults start happening on a monumental and massive scale. Right. Right. right? And we're talking defaults where, right? Cars. Uh, used and brand new car payments, people are going to, you know, they're not going to be able to make them. So what happens to that? Uh, obviously, mortgages, which we've seen before in the housing market, where people have these huge mortgages, right? Um, well, you were, you actually talked about corporate, uh, corporate defaults, right? Or commercial real estate default, rather. Well, yeah, commercial and residential, like, you know, real estate prices, the price and valuations of real estate, commercial and residential have not only met, but they've now exceeded the levels that we saw at the height in 2006, early 2007, Mm. before the crash happened. And that's just, you know, it's insanity. It's insanity. It's wow. you know what it is. It's it's going to flying out to San Francisco. I, I saw it two months ago. It's like you know the Big Short, right? I love yep. referencing this movie. I've seen it a hundred times, so I think it's so valuable. Everybody sees it. And the Big Short, when uh, the character played by uh, you know what's his name there, uh, Cattell. No, Steve Carell. Uh, the, what? Steve Carell. Steve Carell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hedge fund manager there, he sends his guys there on his team down to Miami. He goes, you know, guys, go down there and see if what we're talking about is really happening, right? Well, this is like me flying out to San Francisco and getting off the airplane and getting onto the BART and taking the BART, which is their, you know, train, you know, to the downtown area. And, you know, just whether it's just, you know, not just homeless people that you and I or people would be used to that you see in cities. It's the poverty is so bad there that they just don't have homeless. They literally have walking dead like they have open sores and needles hanging out of their, you know, their junkies and, you know, the people on the streets and blood coming out. And like, you know, this isn't walking in a weird or maybe, you know, you know, bad, bad neighborhood. This is in their, this is in their downtown. Right. This is in their financial districts. Like, and this is just nothing for them. This is in their subways. This is in their public transit. Like it's nothing. They just, they just walk with a blind eye and step over it. Like it's so commonplace. And, you know, for me, it was shocking. I was yep. shocked. I believe it. I believe it. You know, and it's like, I, 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 but it like made all the sense in the world to me, though. It made all the sense in the world, like, the, you know, the people that we rail about every day, like, these are the same people that, like, they have the nerve to, like, tell you and I how to act as they're literally stepping over their homeless and, you know, in their cities, and they're literally, like, saying no borders, no walls, let everybody in as they're moving behind gated walls with security guards with weapons as they're asking everybody to give up their guns. It's like the most 1984 world I've ever experienced. And I think it's historic. And again, I've never been to California, so I don't want to be that guy that starts talking about things I'm not not aligned with. But like, yeah, as you're saying that, I'm thinking at my company, I'm not going to tell you what company, um, you know, behind the scenes, um, just so I don't get in trouble. But uh, in the hallways, there's, there's artwork and there's pictures of people in California all dolled up to the nines. And they're walking by homeless people who are sticking their cups out and they're being ignored um, while these people are all dressed to the nines. And that is kind of, I'm thinking aloud, that's what you just explained is what was happening in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And it's not just a California thing. 
but in right general, now, those homeless people are still there, but they look a little more dirty and they're still holding out cups or actually they're not they're, they The cups are in front of them because their arms are too weak because they have needles sticking out and they're bleeding. Yeah, that's, in that's the streets. True. That's true. Right. Like that's the updated photo of what should be hanging in your wall of today out right. in California. Right. And I'm right. not exaggerating. Like I always wish that people are like, dude, you're crazy. Like that's no, it's not an exaggeration at all. It's really not. Yep. It's mortifying. That's scary. That is scary. So so I guess you mentioned earlier, California. So, you know, we know Jerry Brown's a little out there. Um, they're not really doing well financially, haven't been for quite some time. Um They've listed themselves as a sanctuary state, right? Yes. Um, what is the fallout? Because Trump's tried multiple times to charge sanctuary cities and try to hold back funds, and some Ninth Circuit judge will reverse it, and you know he will never leave the kitchen with his new his new prepared dish of of, of fining and punishing the sanctuary cities. So what what becomes of that? What happens? Well, this can be, you know, the fallout of this memo, what we're talking about is true, right? And people's heads start rolling and law and order starts coming back to this country, right? Like you start seeing the benefits, right? Like, look at all, what's, do you know what the stats are on illegal immigration in from Mexico are right now? No. They're, they're almost down to like their historic low levels just because you want to know why people are afraid. Yep. They're going, oh, my God, somebody's paying attention at the border, and they're actually going to probably round us up and maybe more than likely rough us up. Right, right. But I don't think I'm going to do that. Yeah. So think of that. Oh, my God, imagine this country now where, like, you're responsible for your actions, and I think that you're going to start seeing some of these, like, you know, federal judges. Dude, some of these federal judges who are making these rulings, I think this is part of the cabal and secret society that you're talking about, if that's a real thing. And they still think that, like, the end is coming to, to Trump right. and that their, their leader, Obama, is still pulling the strings. Right. You know, and, like, the, the, the quote-unquote order will be restored and soon enough. Right. That's why, you know, as I say, like, you know, going off into another rant, and I have no problem with this, like, that's why I do this, what we're doing right now. I think it's so important. I don't care if one person listens to this, and even if they disagree and it creates a conversation, we've done our job. We have. And that's what, you know, Alex Jones says, we must do what we can with our resources, our finite resources, our interests. We have our day jobs. Um, this is our contribution to it. Um and I think it's it's been fun so far. We're getting actually getting our names out there, and it's actually it's starting to grow faster than we thought. Um, one thing that I'm reading, so basically to your point, Steve, you actually hit the nail on the head. I'm reading this tweet verbatim uh, from one of the people I follow who has sources in all the intel agencies. He says the secret society within the FBI, the DOJ includes the federal prosecutors, federal judges, yes. e even the attorney general of one of America's largest states. We all know about it, but more importantly, we know what they've been doing. Soon all will know, too. Yeah, so this I was going to get into this, right? So I think one of the benefits of watching these, if, if, if we can restore this law and order, which might include some really painful things like rolling up some of these, you know, you know, God-esque, you know, statuesque Democrats like the Clintons and yep. Obama, holding them to justice, right? Just like they did uh, Tricky Dick Nixon. 
which is really important that we do that. You're going to, I hope, I think you'll see the side benefits of some of these people who are so emboldened to do some of these things that scratches your head, right? Like some of these federal judges out of California putting the stop on Trump's travel ban, right? Like just crazy shit. I think that you're going to see them go, oh, no, my cover, like, I can't do this anymore, right? right? Which is all good for America. And then you'll start, you know, and, and, and I hope, right, here's what, oh, here's another prediction I'll put out there. I predict that Donald Trump is absolutely going to start flexing the federal government's muscle using ICE enforcement officers to not only arrests, but I think that they're going to start prosecuting some of these uh, politicians who are flaunting the, you know, don't help the federal government and then obstructing some of the federal laws over immigration. Yep. I think that that's going to happen. I think that'll happen a couple times, and I think that will shut up kind of like Schumer, right, when we called this bluff. I think a couple of these people will just kind of shut up and drift off into the shadows. Yep. Yep. Because I don't, I, you know, you have to blur the lines between... You don't want to make it seem like you're arresting political opposition, right? Because that's that's kind of dictatorial, and we know Trump's no, not. No, no, no! Stop! I'm sorry. I'll let you talk, but like, no, I have to stop you. No, I can't even let you speak. Double speak. Listen, all they're doing is enforcing current law. I see. Current no, I, I I see what you mean. But no, no, I guess I was playing devil's advocate and like. The right, left, but like, think of what you're saying. Though, like, no, we can't capitulate to that. It, the optics don't matter. They don't matter. The only thing is, you are enforcing current law. He's not. If I'm, I'm just with anybody. If he starts creating new law or his own law, or right, like, we got a problem without doing the due process. But the fact that what we're worried about are the optics or the real nature of. Are law enforcement agents enforcing current law? Fuck no, we can't. Like, yeah, no. I, I agree. Bring it back. We got to be real. I agree. You can't use emotion uh, in place of law and order. So, no. Um, no, it's when they've won. It's when they go, "Yep, we've won." Like, oh, look at these people. Like, they're nervous about enforcing their own laws. Yep. What? Yep. No, that can't be controversial. And if it is. Do the process. Well, that's the hire thing. To, like, hire a politician, just like they've been doing for the past 300 plus years that we have this country. Hire a politician, have them write a bill, submit it into Congress or the House, have, go through the process. Right. And that's and if the. It's ridiculous, and we'll vote on it. We'll, we'll repeal it. Look at marijuana. Right. Right. If you don't like. And that's, I think, that, and that, that goes a long way to what Jeff Sessions did. They're going to put it back in the hands of the states, let the states vote. And eventually, much like with gay marriage, they'll eventually just, you know, everything will flip, you know, to legalizing marijuana. That's kind of where that's going. I mean, we can let's talk about that one. More states jump on board with that. And if you don't like it, build a law, draft a law, and the law will either pass or not pass. And you'll, you'll get a vibe for how people feel about it, right? Um, so you can see where sentiment's going. But yeah, if you don't like sanctuary cities, then draft a law. But until further notice... We're going to start enforcing because that's what our job's to do. And now you're going to get more people saying, okay, well, at least government's putting us before the DACA people. At least they like us somewhat. And, you know, you, you always, they always, government always wants to expand the tax base. They're doing what they can for the economy for regular citizens. Um, it's, it's, all kind of, it's all connected. So you're right. Start with the small, at the small level, work your way up, 
and suddenly you start to build law and order. People have more confidence in the economy. People know the borders are safe. Uh, people are free. There's liberty. That you have a freedom of expression without feeling you can be arrested for it. Uh, that's kind of the America we always wanted. And we got away from that these last two terms, these last two presidents, uh, last four even. So it's all it's all arcing in the right direction, I think, with what Trump's doing. So as long as he sticks to the script, though, I think it's just the, one of the biggest mistakes of his presidency will be to, to allow the DACA people to stay. Yeah, and that could be that could be that could be horrible if that if that I because I agree with you. I don't think they're going to say. Oh well, Miss Mr. Trump, let us stay, and we're going to show our gratitude by giving our votes to him and his Republican friends for years to come. That's not happening. You're right, right because because rule breakers decide to just stop breaking rules. What? Right. Right. <laughs> well, right. Man. They're just. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, um, so that's the dilly there. Uh, I know we're 52 minutes in. What about your what's your what's your prediction on the economy this year? So I I I don't know I forget if I touched on it last time, but I think the market's going to probably keep going up. Um, you know, for a crash to happen, we've talked about it. Crashes tend to happen every eight or nine years, and because of all the steroids that the Federal Reserve injected during the Obama years, it's kind of screwed up. You know, it's like what it's like uh, an athlete screwing up their menstruation cycle uh, to be gross. Like th there's so much steroids going in the in the in the system that are now working their way out. It's becoming more organic. It also delays when the bubble pops. So I think yes, Trump's going to be here through 2024. Yes, there's obviously going to be another recession. Yes, there could very well be a crash. The crash will be worse than last time. Um, I don't think it's going to crash this year. In the past, I would have said so because it was not an organic economy. And if it's an artificial bubble economy, which I still think we're in a bubble, but it's starting to become more organic bubble where there's actual legitimate confidence and reason to be confident because there's going to be 4% GDP growth, because the jobs are coming back, because infrastructure is going to be funded by a, a broadened tax base, all that stuff. Um, I think it's going to push the, the bubble a little longer. I think it's going to go into... Later 2019, 2020, when we start to worry again. I think Trump's going to hit 30,000 on the Dow. Um, it's not wow. irrational. It's not, and I'm not saying it as some guy that Keep thinks... Keep it going. Keep it going. Well, I'm not saying that as some guy that's like irrational exuberance and, oh, it's never going down again. Because I'm not... I've studied this stuff. I've read books on cyclical market, uh, you know, how the market works. And what are the reasons why crashes happen and why are they tightening and contracting? And again, I was all, I mean, I was wrong to say that Obama was going to oversee a crash. He didn't because he used steroids instead. And I know the Federal Reserve does their own policy. The, 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 you know, Obama does not guide their hand, much like Trump is not guiding their hand now. But I will say um, there is a, you know, the byproduct of a Federal Reserve creating $5 trillion of, out of thin air and keeping interest rates at zero is that people invest in the stock market. Um, and it bubbles up, and corporates do, corporate with a with a lower interest rate on on their investments. I'm sorry, on their their infrastructure, their capital. Um, you know, they can still borrow at a cheaper rate. Uh, their tax rate used to be high; it's now going to be lower. Uh, what they had done in the past was they would buy back their own stock, which drives up the stock even higher. So all that together, I think 
Um, you know, with all the stuff coming, the repatriation of money back here is going to drag things out a little more. You're going to get two more years because everyone's going to be building, building, building. Uh, the skylines are going to bring new more, you know, more companies. Uh, you know, I, I've said before, Philadelphia is going to be Comcast Central. Amazon's looking to build their second headquarters in either Boston or Nashville or somewhere. I heard Atlanta's the leading city. I heard Nashville's the leading and then Atlanta right behind it. Um, so cities that basically need a new game in town. So I don't so think... Let me pause you because, like, I don't... I think you're correct in all your assessment about Trump. Like, because what he's doing is he's actually building back that manufacturing base. And I think that that's really important to get away from our service economy, which would have absolutely just dissolved and crashed. Right. In this current direction. And the only way to fight that, as we have talked about, is bring back the blue-collar manufacturing jobs again, put these people back to work, give them a living wage, get them paying taxes, right? We need more taxpayers, which can then bring down the debt. Right. My only problem, right, is that I think that you want to talk about, like, you know, connecting the dots and bringing back in the FBI thing and, you know, part of those text messages between, you know, the FBI agent there and his girlfriend was we have, you know, this insurance policy that yep. we've heard about, right? Yep. Now, what we think that insurance policy was, was maybe this dossier that then led to the FISA warrant. We've covered that. Yep. Okay. If you were going to tank an economy, Ross, because you study this stuff and you're the Federal Reserve, isn't quantitative easing one of the ways to do it? It's kind of like a ticking time bomb that you're just kind of setting the timer and then rolling it on out there? Yeah. Okay, so couldn't, couldn't uh, that type of quantitative easing that they did, couldn't that, that be described as their, uh, the Fed's version of a ticking time bomb that with other factors, as soon as they pull a couple strings, no matter who the president is, that could be their insurance policy when they're ready to tank the economy. It could be, yeah, because they they've been gonna put they're gonna pull a button at any time, right? Depen so, yeah, right. So now follow me. <clears throat> That's we talk about globalists, and you know we're now spanning back out because we're talking micro. Just a couple minutes ago, Democrats, Republicans, we think that the Democrats, quote unquote, Obama and his team were doing this, right? That's very micro, Democrat, Republican. But remember, yep. spanning back out. This is a macro globalist thing. Yep. Right? So don't forget, right? Eye on the ball. Let's not forget if this is even happening, like, oh shit, Obama and the Democrats on the micro level were caught. On the macro level, the real quote unquote insurance policy could be let's pull the fucking plug on this guy, Trump, and his, right. and his, uh, you know, in his uh, economy, because that's the one thing that could pull the eye off the ball of all of these politicians that the people will actually feel and not care about. Right. Right. Fuck. Who cares about prosecuting Obama? Like we're having a financial crisis the likes of 2007, 2008. Trump, do something about it. You're the businessman. Ah, so in other words, it's a head fake for instead of prosecuting the globalist cabal, the, the, the head fake is you crash the economy to get the distraction. It's what they're doing, dude. It's yeah. what they're going to fucking do. Interesting. Oh, that's going to be so interesting to see that play out. Well, we have to be, that's why we have to like, you know, and like, I, you know, I wish Alex Jones was with us right now because he would totally be high-fiving going, yeah, you, that's what we have to be really worried about. It's like we can never be, even when we have a win and we will get that win, it's just they're going to freaking pig pile something like that right on top right. of it. And it's like, 
that's like a myth. It's like the Titanic, right? That's like the iceberg sinking your ship. Right. You know what that's like? The visual that I get, which I think it's one of the greatest movies ever, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, is that you ever seen the movie The Gangs of New York? Yes. Oh, greatest scene ever. Gangs of New York, super, very end of the movie, when they're in their final battle scene, right? And like everybody, including the freaking the viewers, right? The movie viewers who have fallen in love with the characters and the story. And we're like two and a half hours into this movie. And so we are hook, line, and sinker into this final battle. Right. Yep. In between the gangs of New York over the five points. And then all of a sudden at the very end of the movie, the very end, what happens? I forget, actually. The Union Army comes in and the Civil War invades on top of their battle. And to me, the viewer, I'm going, wow, how powerful this scene is because we're so tied into this micro that we forget that there's actually something way bigger than this stupid gang battle going on at five points. It's called the Civil fucking War. Right. That's going on. And I'm sorry that the Civil War just interrupted your battle, idiots. Right. Dead rabbits. Yep. Okay. You know that's what I'm that's huge. That's that's good insight. Yeah. I, well, that's what we gotta watch out for. So as we're you know we're all excited about this thing, like yeah, well don't forget that they're going to fucking tank the economy, and that's really their insurance policy, right? Because it is a globalist thing, right? This isn't a Republican Democrat thing, right? That, right, so while everyone's playing sports ball and my guy's better than your guy, missing the bigger picture. Well, no, it's not. Well, don't get me wrong, and it's 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 bigger than that. It is real shit. I mean, it is real law and order, and it's important that we do that, right? It's important that we bring charges up against these people, no matter who they may be. Yep. But we can't get we can't lose sight, you know, that they're going to do this. That this is this is what's coming. Hmm. Interesting. And, it's a, and listen, I'll tell you, it's fucking what I would do, dude. It's a perfect play. It is a perfect play. Yeah. Perfect. Interesting. That's crazy. I had that's a I hadn't even made that connection. That's crazy. But that's very likely too. It's very likely. Well, we know it's coming, right? That's the other thing too. Is we know it's coming. People who pay attention know it's coming. This is unsustainable. This isn't real. This isn't real right. growth. It's not real. It's not anything real about what we're experiencing right now in this economy. Right. But, you know, what's crazy, what is real, is the, you know, what's the seemingly lack of memory amongst everybody. Everyone's drunk again. Yeah, that's that's the part I, I always try yeah. to caution against. Never falling asleep. Well, Never- it's crazy. Never falling you know, asleep like with the everyone's switch. Everyone's drunk again. Every, even the same people that made the same mistakes, they're drunk again. They're they right all, back where they but were. They all get like that. They all get like that because the yeah, hubris some, In some cases, it's worse. Yep. You know, it's in real estate, in some cases, it's worse than what it was before. Yep. I mean, because you and I, Steve, have good memories. We don't have the memory of a goldfish. We have good recall because when you're red-pilled, you have to be high on facts and data instead of emotion. Emotion comes and goes. Facts and data has to stick. Uh, and so, let me tell you what's, let me, I was thinking about this, is, this is tying in another big story today. Let me tell you what's much more, even more fucking sinister about these goddamn lefties, right? Is, as these people want no, no borders, they want to bring in everybody, they're not worried about anything about jobs and shit, right? Well, no, of course they're not worried about jobs, because you know what they're thinking about? 
What store just went online today, Ross? Um, I don't know, actually. I didn't see that story. The first Amazon Go. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Amazon Go, a grocery store where there's no checkout lines, there's no cash registers, you just grab your shit, you put it into your thing, and like they know everything you're getting. And they okay. just charge and ding your card as you leave. Yep. Okay, so think of a supermarket and how many there are in each and every town, in every city, in every town across the country, and how many people you have to staff those things with. Right. Okay, so you, so now the, what you're telling me, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, who just what, put $30 million into the Dreamers? Yep. Okay, and then right sleight of hand. Okay, give the Dreamers $30 million, keep my base excited, launch Amazon Go, which is essentially for anybody paying attention that's going to take away fucking millions of jobs across the country. Yep. They don't yep. care. Right. They don't care. They don't really care. They're not really thinking about you. They're proving it. Right. Oh, that's huge. It's really, to me, it's like, I don't know why I think of these analogies, but it's like, it's like the, the, the husband that fucking either beats his wife or completely ignores his wife, one of the other extremes, but then wants a shower with gifts and, and dinners and rings and jewelry. And like, after a time, like, it just doesn't matter anymore. Like, you can't buy me any more things. Like, I've had enough. Right. You right. know, and it's like, that's what you guys are doing. All right, let me give you $30 million and this, but, like, you know, I'm going to literally shut down. Oh, and by the way, like, want a real-life example? We grew up in New England where they have a store called Benny's. Yeah. Okay, so the owners of Benny's, who are four generations deep, they are not self-admittedly really feeling the pressure like a lot of other retailers are, by the way, of Amazon, which they're making go out of business, but they're reading the writing on the wall. So about the end of the summer, they uh, decided that they're going to close down their store yep. and they sold everything and everyone's getting fired. Yep. Or they already did. Like everyone's losing their jobs and they're closing down Benny's. Yep. Didn't sell it. Didn't anything. We're seeing what's happening. We're closing it down. Yep. Totally because of Amazon. Yep. Exactly. And that's just Amazon lefties doing freak it. Out, right? Lefties freak out. They go to the women march. The women's fucking put their pussy hats on and they go march in Boston this past weekend. And, and as they're fucking buying shit from Amazon every single day. Yep. And they have an Amazon thing stuck in their fucking house like the Amazon Echo and Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Yep. It's, 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 again, it's like a second time bringing this up. It's like 1984. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. And that's, and that, that's why I was scared when the Amazon Go launched because, um, you know, where the, I mean, Bezos is now the richest man in the history of the world. Um, and well, okay, that's a bit much, but as of right now, he's the richest man in the world. Um, and now that they have their tendrils and food shopping, it's going to start to get bad. And we thought things were bad with, you know, AI technology taking over. <laughs> Another thing that Trump's going to have to do, man. Trump's going to have to pull some antitrust stuff on these folks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's going to have to. Like, but, it's just another thing that Daddy Trump's going to have to do. But he's, he's not going to be able to flex some of these strategies and tactics until probably year three or four, or maybe even a second term. So... 
Look, he can't do everything at once. We see why this is so important that we battle and that we put everything that we can into it right now. Yep. Well, what was? Yeah. Well, I heard a phrase about the first two years of Trump. 2017 was salvage. 2018 is savage. So, in other oh, words... I hope so. In other words, try to get what you can. Get your team of scrubs together, your scrappers together. Get what you can from the dying swamp that's being drained. 2018 is the year that you completely go in for the kill and destroy, destroy, destroy. And that's what we're seeing in the first month. All this stuff is playing out just as planned. And if all the indictments come down in the second half of the year, that means 2019 he starts to implement his policy. You're not going to see immediate uh, gratification from the corporate tax plan. There's still going to be some noise around that. Um, the DACA thing will start to play out. We're going to see a market reacting to a, their first 3%. GDP in 10 years, and then it's going to go up to 4%. Then the stock market goes to 30. And again, that irrational exuberance comes. You're going to see unemployment go below 3.8, 3.5. Workforce participation starts to go above 65. It's been hovering between 60 and 62 for the last 10 years. Um, got, we're not going to know what to do with a market that's been so overcooked. Um, and I think that's when Trump can really go in and say, look, we're going to start renegotiating all these bilateral trades. He's going to probably leave NAFTA. That's my last prediction of the night. He's going to leave NAFTA next six months. Really? I think he will He will leave NAFTA because his strategy is get out of these big regional block trade deals and just go back into one-on-one -on -one negotiations. That way you're not signing your country up for being the one holding the bag of piss while other countries run across with the victory, the, you know, the spoils. If you're doing individual one-on-one, -on -one, okay, Bolivia, I'm not going to be part of a South American block trading deal with you. I'm going to meet with you one-on-one. -on -one. We'll give you some of our things. You give us some of your things. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to meet with countries one-on-one. -on -one. That's the new way of doing things. Instead of 10 countries on the east coast of, you know, Eastern Europe or Eastern uh, Asia, whatever, none of that. None of that. It's going to be one country and another country, and that's how we trade. That's what Trump wants to do, because that way it's, it's controllable. It doesn't get out of control. If you have 15 countries lined up and they're doing a trade deal with the U.S., it's going to get out of, it's got to get out of sync. It's going to get out of control. So he's going to pull out of uh, 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 NAFTA this year. So I like it. I hope so. Now let's. We're gonna have to stop there. We're at an hour and ten. Um, I have to put the kids to bed. My wife just got back from gymnastics. I got some shit to take care of. Let's convene later in the week when I the memo. Shit to do. When the memo hits, uh, new information is coming out every hour. Watch this text thing with the FBI. NSA has all the text. They will come out. Question is when and at the right time. When Trump's against the wall. So. Stay tuned. Good episode. Predictions are done. And we'll move into the more uh, high-octane Intel stuff for next episode. All right. A lot of predictions. We should pull out our predictions and write them down into a blog post. We should. We should. Once the site gets launched. Um, are, you, are you putting this up tonight? No, not tonight because we'll put it out tomorrow at like 7. Uh, All right. Release an Emma Ross. Release a memo. Release the memo. Release the fucking memos. That's right. It'll be released very soon. By the time the Patriots win their sixth Super Bowl, 
we will have the memo in our grubby hands. Super excited. So, awesome. All right, on that note, good show. We will talk soon. Okay. Later. Later. Bye-bye.